Welcome to Sportsman of Colorado, Colorado's premier outdoor radio show heard every Saturday afternoon on KLZ 560 with insights on hunting, fishing, archery, guns, and ammo from Colorado's top outfitters featuring the industry's leading experts on how to enhance your experience in the great outdoors. Now, here's your host, Scott Watley. Welcome to Sportsman of Colorado. Thank you so much for joining us today. My name is Scott Watley, and we appreciate you being with us. Just a reminder, our show is live, of course, Saturdays, 1 to 2 p.m., but if you miss us, catch us on Sundays. We do a rebroadcast Sunday mornings at 8 a.m., and then a little later in the afternoon at 4 p.m. right here on KLZ 560, so hopefully one of those three times you can catch us. Well, we're going to talk a little archery to kick off today's show, and glad to have our good friend Henry Ferguson in studio. Henry's been with us a number of times. And also, Steve Hildy is joining us, and um, uh, we're going to be talking a lot about some um, alternative proposals about archery and the hunting seasons and all that. So, Henry, thanks for setting us up. Hey, thanks a lot for having us, Scott. We sure appreciate it. It's uh, It's been a busy time for us as the... Um, you know, we're on the board, both Steve and I are on the board of directors for the Colorado Bowhunters Association. And with this uh, big game season structure coming up, it's it's been a very busy time for all of us, but especially for Steve, because he's uh, he's our guy that it, he is our liaison to the Colorado Parks and Wildlife. So okay. he goes to all these commission meetings and works directly with all the all the commissioners and makes our submits our proposals. So, so far this year, what we've done is we have just, we have sent out a lot of surveys to our, uh, to our members mm -hmm. just to make sure that when, when Steve speaks to the uh, Parks and Wildlife folks, that what he's saying reflects the, the needs and desires of our membership. Sure. And currently, we're about 4,000 members um, throughout the state, and we represent the bow hunters of Colorado, um, both resident and non-resident. And so what we're trying to do is we're trying to work hand-in-hand hand with Parks and Wildlife and with the, the commissioners and with the biologists to make sure that we're doing an effective job, as effective as we possibly can, mm -hmm. of managing the herds in a responsible manner while maintaining and increasing, whenever possible, hunter opportunity. And that's, that's really kind of the mission of, our, of what we're doing right now is trying to maintain or improve opportunities for the hunters right so steve take a minute and um you know most people in the archery world uh, know you and your name and all but uh, maybe those that don't and just trying to um, get a grasp on all this as well uh, tell us a little about your background and then as henry said you're on the board there and then kind of give us a, just an introduction of what we're going to talk about Sure. So currently, you know, I serve on the board of directors, as Henry mentioned, as the Parks and Wildlife Liaison. And so in that role, uh, my job is to attend all the commission meetings where regulations are set. And I'll distinguish that from legislation. We do have a legislative liaison. We're, again, all volunteers. And so not only do I work with the commissioners, but I try to uh, preempt things, uh, issues that arise that might be regulatory and end up in the brochure eventually. Uh, and so that's working with Parks and Wildlife staff, whether it be the director, the regional managers, the biologists, that sort of thing. Uh, it is a really fun job. I also serve on the Sportsman's Roundtable. I think you've had Dan Gates on oh, yeah, several times with the Trappers Association. He also serves on that. 
And, you know, not only do we look out for bow hunting measures, but we also collaborate with other sportsmen's group. You know, we recently had that uh, citizen's petition to ban all take of bobcat within the state. Mm-hmm. And so I testified on behalf of the Bow Hunters Association in support of continuing to manage bobcats. So, you know, we're a bow hunters association. We look at bow hunting very closely, but we're also working with every other group in the state to protect what all hunters want, and that's, you know, a sound resource and the ability to participate in hunting and fishing. Sure. So, Henry, where does all this start, kind of? I mean, what do you, what do you guys kind well, of, so, when I say, I don't want to say pushing for, but what after your consensus, visiting with yeah. all the archery hunters out there, what I, are we I guess at? I guess the most important thing would be to kind of lay out what the BGSS is, and that's the big game season structure. And so every five years, and hey, Steve, if I misspeak on any of this, feel free to correct me. But sure. um, every five years, the seasons are reevaluated and, and reset. Mm-hmm. So this can be... Crazy. This, what's that? I say crazy proposals are... Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, we, we've seen some real whoppers come through, and it, it's... Uh, you know, but everybody can have their voice heard on this every five years, and so that's basically where we are right now. We are we are right right on the doorstep of having these decisions made that will set and determine our seasons and our hunter opportunities over the next five years. Hmm. So this could result in, I mean, this could result in some crazy stuff. Steve's not kidding when he says some crazy stuff. They've submitted uh, proposals to split the archery season. Um, you know, shorten the archery opportunities, and it's it's really something that this is this is why the membership in the CBA is so important. I mean, we we have Steve who has spent hours upon hours upon hours of his own personal time, right, working with this and making sure we're on top of all of these proposals, and we also just submitted one of our own because what they came up with. We didn't. It didn't really reflect what our membership was looking for. So, that's what's going on. So mm-hmm. right now is going to determine what. There's a meeting next. I, I believe it's a third week of July in Telluride, that will uh, is is where they will determine what happens over the next five years. So what our seasons will look like. Gotcha. Yeah. And they may. Uh, they may. They've been doing this every five years. But there's actually discussion that maybe they should do this every seven years. Maybe it should be ten years. So I don't know what the final vote on that is going to be, but uh, everything's up for discussion right now. Mm-hmm. So what do you find that, that are kind of your, your guys' um, big sticking points, I guess, to say? What are you unhappy with with the current situations? May I, Henry? Absolutely. Sure. So we're talking about elk and deer west of I-25 primarily. And so as you look at our deer seasons, you know, archery hunters statewide, we only have 11,000 archery hunters, and some of those are on the eastern plains. So what we've been proposing and what I think perhaps may get adopted, uh, you know, based on the last commission meeting, and, you know, there was some hints that commissioners gave, and I'll certainly describe those, but nothing's set in stone, and you got to remember in these uh, meetings, sometimes the intent is to confuse the enemy, right? And so... Uh, at any rate, for our deer seasons, we'd like to see those uh, start earlier than elk 
season. Uh, the proposals on the table right now for archery season west of I-25 are to move the elk season to currently it's a September 2nd start date. Right. I think our organization is totally behind that. Um, our surveys have suggested that. Uh, right now their proposal is for September 2nd through the 30th in which we'd lose one day of hunting season. And uh, I, I, we're going to go back and ask for September 1st start date. We've had a 30-day season forever, and there's no particular reason to lose one day. So we'll certainly be asking for that. As we look at elk in particular, you got to remember – CPW stated last month the elk herd in this state is 287,000 animals. There's 42 different herds, of which 21 of those herds are above objective. Uh, five herds are below objective, and the rest are right where they want them to be. So as I look at that, and I'm not a biologist, but in layman's terms, you know, that sounds pretty decent to me. Sure. Uh, so, yeah. You know, one of the issues is south of Highway 50. Right now we're suffering from a low cow-to-calf ratio, and the commission has uh, approved and authorized a number of studies that Parks and Wildlife is doing to figure out why is our cow-calf ratio so low. Because if you have a low cow-calf ratio, you're not recruiting new elk into the herd. It could be predators. It could be habitat. It could be any number of things. Mm -hmm. They're trying to determine root cause. So one of the things that they'd like to do is reduce the take of cow elk by archers. And we're okay with that. We want to contribute to uh, improving our herd status. Uh, but what they're proposing is in all of those units south of Highway 50 that archery be a, become a bull-only license rather than an either-sex license. And certainly it will achieve the biological objective, but in our recent survey, what we also see, we asked the question of our members, if that happens, if your license moves from either sex to bull only, will you continue to hunt in those same areas? And right now we've got about 26% that said, no, I would move somewhere else where I could hunt either sex. And so if you think about that, it 5,000 archery hunters might get up and move from sure. south of Highway 50 to somewhere north of Highway 50. We don't know where. And so it, it's, it's a people problem is what it is. And what we're proposing, counter-proposing, is that rather than it becoming bull only, let's make it either sex for the first half of the season, and then for the last half it would become bull only. And we think that guys will stay put, they'll hunt in the same areas, and it'll be better from a people perspective while achieving the same biological improvements. The second issue that, that they're talking about, and one of the real possibilities here, is currently our licenses in most of the state are over-the-counter, and they're talking about taking archery licensing to totally limited. There's guys on both sides of the fence, and we want to encourage people to take the surveys, both the Parks and Wildlife Survey and our survey, weigh in on that, mm -hmm. because the real issue is, you know, what's most important to you? Do you want to be able to get a hunting license every year? 
or do you not want to get a hunting license every year? If it goes totally limited, our concern is around the preference point system. Uh, over half of those out there, based on our survey, carry more than three preference points, and there's only 6,500 limited licenses. And so it, if they go totally limited, it might take years, and there will be lots of upheaval, and point creep might go up sure. such People got, can't get licenses. Well, real quick, just on the draw, and it's a little bit off topic. What did you guys think about the paying the three bucks last year, <laughs> and uh, you know, putting in? And I mean, that that's certainly. And I don't have the numbers in front of me. We we went over them last year of the number of more applicants uh, that that caused. But what are your thoughts on that? Paying for the tag up front or doing the now seven dollar deal or whatever? Well, I I still don't think we've really seen the damage that that's caused. I, I, I still think that's a year or two down the road, especially for the larger species, you know, for the once, or I guess you call them once in a lifetime species, you know, sheep, sure. sheep, go, uh, goat, moose and goat. But, uh, you know, the, obviously they made an adjustment back on that this year. So it's $50 for residents to apply for a point and a hundred for non-residents. But I still feel that we're still a year or two away from really seeing that because we've still made it very, very, very easy. And I mean, by design for residents and non-residents alike to apply for deer and elk and antelope. Yeah. And I think those, uh, everybody's sitting on a couple extra points now. So I think we're going to see that just affect the point creep in a negative way. Sure, sure. Hey, guys, we're up against a break here, Steve, so hang, hang on to your thought there. We're going to take a short break. You're listening to Sportsman of Colorado. We've got Steve Hildy with us, Henry Ferguson there on the board of the Colorado Bull Association. We're going to talk a little bit more about all these different things with archery and the hunting season. So stay with us. We'll be right back. Don't let mosquitoes disrupt your family fun at your next barbecue or keep the kids from camping out in the backyard. Hey, this is Scott Watley, and I'm very happy that our outdoor activities have been mosquito-free for the last four years thanks to the fine folks at Mosquito Authority. Their mission is to help protect you and your family from mosquitoes and the diseases they carry. And did you know when your dog or cat is bitten by a mosquito, heartworm is one of the most common infections? At Mosquito Authority, they guarantee you won't be bothered by mosquitoes between treatments. And if you are, hey, all you have to do is call. They'll come back out, reassess your property, and if necessary, retreat at no additional charge. No contracts, no commitments, and best of all, no mosquitoes. Call 303-688-2847. That's 303-688-2847 or visit MosquitoAuthority.com. After an accident, think about flesh and back law. After your accident, you didn't think it was a big deal. You didn't think you were injured. You didn't think you'd ever hurt that much. You didn't think you'd have to miss work. You didn't think physical therapy would take so long. You didn't think there'd be so many hospital bills. You didn't think that the insurance company would take so long and give so little. You definitely didn't think you'd ever be in this situation, but you are. After an accident, think Flesh and Beck Law. Flesh and Beck have the experience and the knowledge to think about all the details you didn't know you'd have to worry about. They will answer all of your questions and help you to determine if you are entitled to compensation for your pain and suffering. After an accident, think Flesh and Beck Law. 303-806-8886. 303-806-8886. Call today to find out if they can help you. Let me tell you about one of my favorite stores, The Outdoorsman's Attic, a consignment store for all of your adventure outdoor gear. 
Hunting, fishing, camping, kayaks, live bait, survival gear, backpacks, sleeping bags, firearms, and ammo. Save 20, 30, 40, and even 50% on new and pre-owned items at the Outdoorsman's Attic. Mention Sportsman of Colorado and save up to 20% on your purchase. This offer excludes firearms and ammo. Never pay retail again. Big savings and friendly service is what you'll find at the Outdoorsman's Attic. Located at 2650 West Hampton Avenue in Sheridan. 303-781-3626. That's 303-781-3626. Check them out, outdoorsmansattic.com. Rush to Reason with John Rush. Weekdays from 3 to 7 on KLZ 560. Welcome back to Sportsman of Colorado. If you're just joining us, my name is Scott Watley. Steve Hildy is with us and uh, Henry Ferguson. And we are talking about archery and the Colorado Bull Association is really taking um, all of this and uh, really fighting our fight for a lot of us. And so you mentioned 4,000 members. That's really great. And uh, Henry, it is real important. We mentioned right there and Steve will come right to you. But you mentioned real quick, people have to take this survey so you guys know what to do because absolutely I mean, you may have a personal feeling what you'd love well, steve course, may have yeah. a separate personal feeling what he'd love but hey you guys are not there for you you're there for your organization truthfully and and the funny thing is our when we have our board meetings and we discuss these things we have a lot of varying opinions on our board alone sure <laughs> and i i think that's just because we kind of represent uh a broad range of the bow hunters in the state mm -hmm. you know there's we've got traditional guys we have uh, compound guys we have elk hunters deer hunters antelope hunters I mean we you know we've got a, a good representation of everybody in the state so right, right. Yeah. okay Steve go ahead you were gonna say something there before we went to break yeah it was just on pay later it's a great example of how when you look at the Wildlife Commission itself they, these guys are 11 guys and women and they're appointed by the governor and you know they're humans and so they make mistakes. And as you look at pay later, before that went live, we stood up. We were the only organization that testified before the commission. And we said, hey, you know, we understand you're going to save $3 million. That's all good and well. But think about the impact. Think about preference point creep. And they really didn't do that. You know, recently they adopted this uh, qualifying license. Everybody has to buy a qualifying license or you don't get a preference point. I think a lot of resident hunters, it's not really a big deal because you get a turkey license, you get a fishing license anyway. But it was a, just an example. There was no real public input on that, and people need to pay attention to what's going on there. And certainly you can follow it and you can lodge comment, but if you join the CBA, we try and do that sort of thing too. Sure. So. And you know, Dan Prinslow, a uh, new director, we just had him on last week, and I asked him about that on air, and he fully admitted that got screwed up, and they did not talk to sportsmen enough about it. And he said, if we could take that, his exact words, if we could take that back, we would. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's the concern with this whole big game season structure. We're, we're there, we're saying, hey, you guys are the biologists. We totally respect what you're doing with herd management. But think about the people portion on this, too. So, And hopefully our message will be clear. And hopefully they'll look at us as, as advisors, not just uh, people there trying to, you know, get what we desire as archers. Sure. Now, I noticed one thing in the uh, paperwork that you sent me about the muzzleloader overlap. I mean, are muzzleloaders wanting, like, their own season, kind of, and 
don't want archers out archers out there or what's what's kind of the solution there you think uh, what I would say is, you know, there was a tragic incident on the Grand Mesa. Yep. Oh, it's probably been two years ago. Now, mm-hmm. don't quote on that. And, you know, it was actually a criminal offense where a muzzleloader shot and killed a young archery hunter. Yeah. And that was, you know, it created a lot of discussion around separation of muzzleloader and archery season. Uh, but, you know, that fellow was charged. I believe he was drinking. I believe he's in jail. It was yeah, he a got crime. A, yeah, five to seven years or something like that, yeah. As he should. Yeah, so not yeah, an yeah. accident. And our take on it is, you know, if you were to separate muzzleloader and archery, there's really no viable calendar options. And so I, our, we've, for the longest time, we've said we're fine with coexisting with them because we'd rather not have a shorter archery season. And if you split the two, somebody's going to lose. And as a bow hunter, you don't have to hunt in that week, but you sure can if you want to. Sure. So, Steve, um, do you have any indication of which direction the uh, – the commission is kind of leaning on this. Do you have any indication on which way you think this might go? Well, based on the last commission meeting, and you can listen to all the recordings at the Parks and Wildlife website on the commission page, uh, it appears they favor alternative one or alternative two for archery. Now, I say that recognizing it could go any direction, and it's important guys weigh in on this. Again, uh, it's about confusing the enemy, right? And so, uh, at any rate, it seems like they like either alternative one, which is sort of status quo. Everybody gets unlimited uh, archery licenses. In some parts of the state, it might be bull only. Uh, It looks like we might have an early deer season with that option. Uh, And then the second alternative is totally limited archery elk licenses. And in that scenario, you know, there's benefits and, and disadvantages. And if we go totally limited, 65% of the licenses would go to residents. We'd see a gain of almost 2,200 licenses if first-choice demand exists. Parks yeah. and Wildlife also might not take in $2.7 million. But, again, the issue is the preference point system. You've got a lot of guys out there with a lot of preference points. Some of them are going to continue to save for those northwest corner units, but some of them are going to bail out, and they're going to come to potentially your hunting unit, and you might draw not draw a license. So I think those are the two options to answer your question, and our survey specifically asks what do you like, alternative one or alternative two, limited or sort of status quo. Mm-hmm. Now, you guys had an alternative five that you got uh, gotten a week or so ago. Yes. Uh, you didn't mention that, Steve just didn't. So what, what, how would that be better in your mind, your alternative? Well, so the one thing that shut us down on all our alternative was what we had asked for was a non-resident cap. And I don't know what the reasonable number is. Let I said, let's put a reasonable cap on it. And they shut that down immediately <laughs> because what they've said is we're not going to talk about allocation within this BGSS cycle. And so when I say allocation, that's how many non-residents versus residents. Uh, Colorado is extremely generous with our non-resident elk allocation. Uh, I think this year we might make $50 million in revenue on elk alone. 
Um, and a great part of that is due to non-residents. And we can do a lot of work with that money that's good for wildlife. Sure. But, uh, you know, immediately they saw our proposal and said, we're not going to talk any caps on non-residents. We're still pushing for the biological solution that I described earlier. And there may be some effort, I know, of at least one commissioner who would like to continue to discuss non-resident allocation caps moving forward, but it won't be decided in July. So hopefully the commission will have that discussion in the future. This whole thing around archery is driven by people complaining about crowding. And, you know, non-resident growth in the last five years has been 16% in archery, while resident has been relatively flat at 1.6%. And the interesting thing is, you know, Steve, you can correct me if I'm wrong on this, but how many other states allow a truly unlimited number of non-resident tags to be sold over the counter for elk? I'm not aware of any. That's exactly the number I was thinking. (laughs) So we're, we're pretty unique in that respect. I mean, Colorado provides a lot of opportunities. I mean, as, as Steve mentioned earlier, we do have the largest population of elk in the, in the country. And that's great. It's a, we're also our proximity. We are the closest state with a, a strong elk population to the Midwest, to the East coast. So if somebody's going to drive out here and go hunting, we're the we're the logical choice. Sure. And I mean, we're not looking to cut non-residents out of the equation by any means because we realize financially they they really do kind of steer the boat mm-hmm. for for parks and wildlife their their operating budget, which is necessary. But we just want to make sure that you know residents do have some preference on that and sure. we want to make sure that reference uh, the residents do have a, an opportunity to go out and hunt in their home state right. whenever possible you know and this is one thing i really promoted to uh dan the new director the other day because um steve i don't know if you went to that partners in the outdoors conference in breckenridge um a few weeks back but i, I happened to go to that and you know they have all these meetings all these different organizations a lot of organizations but then how do we get all that information transferred then to the sportsman and outdoorsman, you know, and that's what I told him. I said, man, this is where, you know, I think the, the frustration comes from, and you see on social yeah. media and I hunt Colorado and all things, because nobody really knows anything, and they just see what we think yeah. are bad things happening. Yeah, and, and we've done, you know, like I said, we've, we have done, a, a, I feel, a, a terrific job this year in getting the information out to our membership through a couple different ways, you know, through broadcast emails, through our Facebook page, through site. I mean, we've, we've, we've been very, very active in that. And again, you know, trying to pull our members to make sure that we, what we say does represent their desires. Sure. And, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a, it creates some, uh, sometimes it creates some awkward <laughs> situations because not everybody has the same desires. Not everybody's experience leads to the same opinion right so steve how's the best way for people to you know the reason i want them to stay in touch with you guys is because i mean i know we're getting the right information and the right facts so i mean even if you're not a bow hunter i would say hey if you're just a hunter you should at least like you guys on facebook and follow what's going on but how do people stay involved or what should they do well uh, i'll mention a couple of things first would be take the surveys uh, both 
from Parks and Wildlife and if you're a bow hunter ours. Uh, to find their survey, the easiest thing to do is to Google CPW season structure, and you'll find at the top of your search results the uh, link to the Parks and Wildlife page. And in that first box at the top of the page, that's their survey. And, you know, when they gave an update in La Junta at the June meeting, a lot of folks were pushing for limited licensing, or, or it was I think it was 55%, and that's completely different from what our survey is suggesting, so guys need to go weigh in on this. Secondarily, I would say guys should email directly the commission, and you can do it through their commission webpage, or you can email them all personally. And if you email them personally, odds are pretty good you could start a dialogue with one of the commissioners, and that's a very valuable way to lodge your input. Sure. Um, secondarily, beyond that, I mean, get involved in conservation organizations. I'm leaving the board after this year. Our board is changing. We are going to need a replacement for me and for our legislative guy. Uh, you know, volunteer for these different groups, whether it's the Elk Foundation, CBA, uh, MDF, whatever the case might be. And if you get a chance, attend commission meetings in person. Sure. Move them around the state, but, man, you can learn a lot by going. All right. And, you know, real quick, and we're out of time, but if you write an email... Don't just be blasting stuff and yeah. cussing about stuff and all the different I mean, they're going to pay a lot more attention to an educated email, right, Henry? For sure. Okay. For sure. Where you're quoting some stats like you guys have done today. And Absolutely. They know you know what you're talking about. That's how to get their attention, not just spewing anger. Give them an educated opinion, and you're likely to get a measured response back, and that's sure. that's all you can really ask for. Right. All right, and good you know, deal. Go ahead. truly blessed here. Uh, I've got an elk tag and a deer tag so you know when you write that email remember uh, be grateful because we are blessed here sure absolutely sure, sure, sure. all right good deal well steve hey man we appreciate you taking time and uh we'll figure out some things to keep everybody abreast of what's going on and all the different solutions that come about and um we'll do some more things with you guys so we appreciate it thanks all right henry thanks for setting us up thanks a lot scott you're appreciate listening to sportsman of colorado we'll be right back Ladies, I know you're tired of walking into the local gun store and seeing the same old thing. So let me tell you about Rampart Firearms. Just a quarter mile up Highway 67 off of Santa Fe and Sedalia, you will find a great selection of guns, ammo, tactical, and personal defense weapons. And if you or your spouse love to hunt, Rampart Firearms is a great stop for all of your hunting needs. Shotguns, rifles, pistols, anything from predator hunting to your next big game trip. Head to Rampart Firearms at the foot of the Rockies. Open six days a week, Monday through Saturday, 10 a.m. to 7 p.m. And you will only pay a 4% tax on your purchase. RampartFirearms.com, 720-468-0050. That's 720-468-0050. This is Scott Watley for my friends at Phoenix Weaponry. Phoenix Weaponry is proud to announce their new 10,000-square-foot facility is now open in Berthard, Colorado, located at 504 North 2nd Street. With this expansion, Phoenix Weaponry offers a new retail area and expanded gunsmithing in Duracote and Cerakote areas. Family-owned and operated, Phoenix Weaponry offers the finest in competition, hunting, and long-range precision firearms. Also, suppressors, from 22 long rifle to 50 caliber for rifles, pistols, and shotguns. 
Phoenix Weaponry also offers gunsmithing services and restoration repairs from antique to modern firearms. Building your firearm dreams into reality. That's Phoenix Weaponry. Call them now, 720-340-2496, or visit them at phoenixweaponry.com. Rush to Reason with John Rush, weekdays from 3 to 7 on KLZ 560. We have a new sponsor with us and a great event coming up this Saturday. So we wanted to get them on. And so if you're hearing this on Saturday on Sportsman of Colorado, Stop what you're doing and get over to 8955 South Ridge Line in Highlands Ranch. And uh, we've got a great open house over there, but I don't want to get too far ahead. So let me introduce our guests. We have Ted Ramirez in and then also Ted Ramirez Jr. Gentlemen, how are you? Hey, doing hey. great. How are Thank you? you? Great to have you guys in. So now hunting gear outfitters and caribou game bags and caribou gear. Um, boy. Great, great items over at your shop, and man, just a beautiful shop. But let's kind of start at the beginning, and Ted Sr., we'll start with you. Tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got into all this. Well, my particular, not to go back too far, but in the very beginning, uh, again, uh, we manufacture game bags, the only patented synthetic game bags in the hunting industry. Uh, our game bags are designed for repeated use. They're light reflective and lock loops. But back in 2001, you know, uh, it, it, it was basically the eureka moment. I came to point to... Uh, at, in a time in a hunt in Alaska, uh, using canvas bags and the problems that we had with a, a particular type bag uh, for storing game meat, uh, we found that a synthetic type version game bag was much easier to use. And uh, I, I had an idea again on the game bag and, and all of the amenities like light reflective attachments and lock loops to lock the bag shut. Um, again, it was a thought at the time. But it actually took me six years to actually find the development of a game bag uh, that was re, uh, reusable. Sure. Uh, it was nice to uh, be able to have the light reflective attachments to be able to locate the bags if it got dark on a retrieve trip. Or uh, you can also use the, the, the light reflective attachments to see the meat pole from a safe distance away uh, when you're hunting in bear country. Gotcha. So yeah, they're, very important. Yeah, they're, <laughs> they're, 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 they're a nice added plus feature for the game bags. But uh, I'll tell you, back then it was really hard to figure out. I have nothing to do with uh, the industry as a whole in, in fabric, uh, mm -hmm. but studying and researching. And, uh, again, it took me six years for the final development. And after trial and error, testing, uh, working uh, with the company that uh, helped me develop, again, that particular formulation uh, from a liquid state to the actual bag, what we have today. Wow. Because the main thing we're looking for is um, uh, the breathability, right? For yes. it to get air, but yet we're ants or, <laughs> you know, other things can't get in there, right? Well, that that's the key feature of a game bag. A game bag has to breathe, and that was one of the, the, the things about a canvas bag. A canvas bag, if you think about it, it, it uh, just like a, a pair of jeans or such, uh, or in the old days they used to use the canvas water canteen-type containers. Uh, you soak them, and again, it locked the pores and thus the water inside. Right. Uh, our game bags, uh, because they're a 100% nylon composition, it doesn't uh, lock or absorb or swell the fibers within the fabric. Uh, it always, whether it's uh, wet and or dry, it allows air to circulate through the game bag. Gotcha. Again, hunting gear outfitters and caribou gear and caribou game bags. Uh, 8955 South Ridgeline, Suite 1100. This is in Highlands Ranch, and they're going to be having an open house uh, get-together on Saturday. And so, again, if you're hearing this on Saturday on our Sportsman of Colorado show, um, 
get over there. They're going to be there till 7 o'clock. The number is 303-798-5824, 303-798-5824, uh, if you've got questions. So, um, uh, Ted Jr., I guess I'll call it. <laughs> um, tell us a little bit what's going to be going on Saturday. Uh, so, Saturday, we're, it's going to start um, with the, we're going to do some Gear, gear giveaways. Uh, we're going to have food. So it's going to be Traeger cooked pulled pork sandwiches, hamburgers, hot dogs, beer, and in-store specials. 20% off all Caribou Gear game bags and 15% off everything else. Okay. Um, we're going to have gear drawings on Onyx Maps, Jetboil, NRS, Caribou Gear, Mountain House, and a two-day deluxe raft rental. And that quantity will total up to $450. Okay, cool. So a lot Very of cool, cool stuff going on. Absolutely. Um, just come in, open house. Going to be 2 p.m. Our 2 p.m. to 5 p.m. is food, but we're going to be there 12 to 7. So come on in, stop by, and just hang out, chat with us, and get yeah. some free gear and food all along the way, too. Right. So, so what's cool. this like with you guys? I mean, this is a family business, yes. and I love that. I mean, yeah. family-owned and operated. So, I mean, completely. What, what, yeah. <laughs> uh, so what's it like, I mean, you know, working as a family toward this, this common goal, so to speak? Yeah, you know, a lot of people in the in the early uh years we, we've always owned a, a company uh, family owned we sure. we had a, a painting company prior to this you know everybody does something prior to what yeah, they do today absolutely and, uh so we we had that and, and again it was always uh, family owned operated although you know my employees were, were hired out um this particular venture here uh, allows us to bring in uh my son my granddaughters you know grandkids and so on uh i am a little bit older, obviously, and, and I do have uh, seven grandkids. Wow. Uh, half okay. of those are old enough to, to help out there. So, yeah, it makes it uh, my wife helps out there or she's working there. I don't want to say help out. Forgive me for saying that. <laughs> <laughs> we'll edit that out. She's no. the heart of the program there. Sure. Uh, but, no, we we have learned to coexist one, with one another, and, and uh, if it's, that's not enough on the weekends, we still get together and, and uh, have dinners and you name it. We got we got quite a large family there again, again. Uh, yes, family owned and operated. Good deal. Again, you're listening to a special edition of Sportsman of Colorado. And huntinggearoutfitters.com is the website you can check out. And uh, once again, their event Saturday, 8955 South Ridge Line in Suite 1100. And their phone number, if you want to call them for more information, is 303-798-5824. Now, a big part of what you guys are doing just from visiting with you these last few days is the education part of it uh, for hunters. Why is that important to you? Well, it's very important. You know, I, I've uh, I've hunted all my life. Lived up in the mountains for 15 years. Born and raised here in the Denver metro area, but lived there in uh, Buena Vista Vale uh, Valley area. And uh, again, hunting was um, was something I did basically for existence. I mean, we, it was a supplement to to what we. Uh, would eat again obviously uh, meat was a, a part uh, a good great part of our supplement of, as far as our dietary uh, intake um, the thing about the hunting there uh, it was difficult it was getting up getting out hiking uh, we were out for the full season uh, over the years I developed that uh, the knowledge of that now that I'm again hunting from a point was 15 years old all the way to now I'm 57 but uh, I had the opportunity to go to Alaska, and, and hunting in Alaska is a whole different ball game than hunting here in Colorado. Uh, getting there, getting back, and so on. Uh, logistically, uh, being able to put that together over the years, I've been able to do that successfully, and I've come to a point where I'd like to share that knowledge. Wow, that's great. 
Now, let's talk about some of the events that you're having. Uh, again, we've got this Saturday, uh, June 22nd, which uh, could be today if you're hearing this on Sportsman of Colorado. We're actually uh, doing a double show here during our weekday show of Haystack Help as we speak now. But um, uh, you've you're, you got a lot of these events planned, and one of them even with ladies coming up in late June. Sure. Uh, it's a ladies' uh, introduction to hunting. And introduction to hunting uh, period, man, women, or child who want to okay. come up. But again, uh, for women, their particular event is designed so that uh, a person can come up and ask any kind of questions that they'd like. Uh, she would be uh, never hunting, but had that interest, again, not knowing where to start. Right. Uh, so, yeah, that seminar is going to be, again, geared uh, solely for, for women. And we also have future seminars, Self-Guided Hunting Alaska. Again, getting folks uh, from point A to B, again, from right here in Colorado to Alaska and back again with gear, meat, and so on. Uh, that seminar turned out to be pretty popular when we held one last weekend. Uh, we had a full house, and again, uh, it was a great success. Okay, good deal. So, Ted Jr., let's go through about these game bags because, I mean, uh, it's not one bag fits all. I mean, definitely to, to not. be right, yeah. So, I mean, you guys have quite the array. So, kind of give us uh, some of the uh, thoughts that go behind each bag and for each animal. Yeah, so we actually have um, our Magnum Pack series. That's three game bags right there, our three pack systems. We have our small, medium, and large. Our small one is for deer, bear. Our medium is for elk. And then we have actually a large one for moose. And we are the only company out there that actually have a moose game bag system. Um, in that system, you have four quarter bags, a cape, a miscellaneous meat part, camp meat bags, gloves, um, and everything you need to uh, harvest your big game animal and be able to take care of it. Um, we also have our high country series stuff, mm -hmm. um, our caribou, our wapiti, our muley, and our carnivore three system. That one is great for our backpackers that want to throw it in their pack and just hike up a few miles. Um, they're as light as weight as possible. Our wapiti is definitely one of our more popular ones. That one's for elk. It's five game bags in there. You'll get four quarter bags, one miscellaneous meat parts bag, and it's a total weight of 16 ounces, so just one pound. Uh, we also have the Carnivore 3. That one can do a full bull elk deboned. It's 14 ounces in total weight. There's five game bags in there, a four foot by four foot plastic filled ground tarp, and then five waterproof, tearproof ID tags as well. So, um, and uh, all the game bags are going to be made out of the same material, mm -hmm. uh, reusable nylon synthetic blend. So it's supposed to act, fill, and breathe like cotton, but there is no cotton whatsoever. So do you recommend after use to, to rinse them out like with a water hose deal, washing them, leaving them alone, and just yeah. they're already bloody? I mean, what do you, what do you recommend? No, so on that, um, what we do when we get back from our hunts, we actually just soak them in a bucket. Okay. Add some cold water to it, put dish soap. We find that dish soap really helps loosen up the oils, dirt, and debris from the game bag itself. Um, they are bleach safe. People want to. People always ask that question. Okay. So bleach will not harm the material. And if your wife or, wife or significant other will let you, they are machine washable as okay. well. So, <laughs> yeah. uh, but we, we honestly don't do that. We just yeah. soak them in the bucket, uh, add some bleach to it if necessary, and then hose it down, and it comes out clean. It's, right. it's pretty spectacular, honestly. And nowadays, the way a lot of guys you know, and gals hunt, you know, ATVs, a lot of things are used like that. And I've seen guys, you know, get that, you know, put put it on the back and then ride down a dirt road and the meat's getting all dirt. So this really helps just not only from keeping, th you know, insects or something getting in, but also just dirt and things like that, right? Well, the particular weave of the bag is uh, it's a, what's called density within the industry. And the, the thing about that particular density, it's a tight weave not allowing dust to penetrate thus not allowing insects to, to gain access to the meat. And obviously that's uh, that's very important. I mean, you want to keep that game meat clean. And that's what we're all about. Again, my backcountry is, I mean, my 
my history is from the butcher industry. Uh, my mother and father were butchers and so on, and uh, I followed suit with that to a degree in my life. Uh, so eating meat, taking care of it is, is uh, again, something that uh, w was always instilled in me growing up. And, and again, meat care uh, was a big part of the design uh, of the game bag, unlike a form-fitting bag, which is a mesh-type bag. Uh, it stretches so far, and, and insects can gain access to the meat. Sure. Uh, the weave in our particular game bag, again, is tight, yes, not allowing insects and or dust to gain access. Okay, cool. Once again, this is Hunting Gear Outfitters and Caribou Gear. They are located at 8955 South Ridgeline, Suite 1100. Their number is 303-798-5824. This is a special edition of Sportsman of Colorado. Big event Saturday, which if you're listening to our show on Sunday, our re-airing, uh, you missed it, but hey, still get by the store and see them and let them know you heard about them. But uh, Saturday will be the big day, and that will be going from noon to 7. We're going to take a short break and come back with more right after this. Stack Optical has been providing the most comprehensive quality eye and vision care for over 50 years. Stack Optical is a family-owned business, and they're proud to be one of the few optical offices that have their own on-site eyeglass production and eyeglass repair studio. Your one-stop shop for all of your vision needs, eye exams, glasses, and contacts. And don't forget about the Stack Sports Pack. Let owner and certified optician Alan Stack customize a pair of specialized glasses that will make your next outing on the golf course or on the gun range better than ever before. Call today for your $69 eye exam, 303-321-1578. That's 303-321-1578. Or check them out at stackoptical.com. Rush to Reason with John Rush. Weekdays from 3 to 7 on KLZ 560. Welcome back to the show. We are glad to have folks from Hunting Gear Outfitters in studio. Very simple to remember. Ted Ramirez Sr., Ted Ramirez Jr. Hope you'll get by and see them. They're a new store in Highlands Ranch, 8955 South Ridgeline, Suite 1100. Check out their website, huntinggearoutfitters.com. And then what's the site? Uh, there's a separate site for your caribou, Ted, right? Uh, hunting gear outfitters and caribou gear.com caribou gear.com yeah, 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 caribou yeah. gear.com okay. is okay. our website yes yeah, all right for the both of that but uh, a lot of great products there and i'm telling you if you're in the outdoors hunting uh at all uh get by there this is a very 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 cool store a lot of great uh, products and uh we didn't touch on uh we kind of touched on the, I mean, the game bags uh, pretty thoroughly there but you've got some other things i mean you guys are uh, big sitka folks which i am too oh, great stuff Love yeah. yeah and uh and also some knives and all so tell us a little bit about that knives of alaska uh raptor razor we carry those particular knives uh great knives Havilah knives and so on uh these are items that uh, many of the larger stores don't carry uh the uh particularly the raptor razor knife again it's a great gut, uh, cutting tool gutting tool um, and again just just all around great uh, aggressive tool for let's say if you're uh, gutting a moose and so on it uh, again makes it really easy to to open it up and uh, these are also products that we do use um in the field ourselves in yeah. alaska or hunting up in the mountain uh, rocky mountains as well sure. so um we've used all the tools that we do offer on our showroom um but just wanted to throw that in. and that's one thing that i think is really important we were kind of talking about this before the show you know and uh i'm not cutting down any stores or whatever but sometimes you you go in a certain department of a store and and um the person just 
doesn't have a lot of field use knowledge. They may know specs or be able to read numbers on a box, but they don't really know what the product does or what the numbers mean. So right. it is great to come in a store and have, you know, experts like yourself that, you know, field tested. I mean, you've done it. You know what to do. And, and that that's huge to me. Well, it goes back, you know, you look at uh, a person go out for a one-day hunt, a weekend hunt, a, two, uh, a full season hunt here in Colorado extends into approximately seven days. In Alaska, you're there for 20 days, 25 days. Right. Uh, the, the, the longest we've had meat out uh, from kill to freezer was uh, 25 days, really. Uh, wow. we, we did it was cooler temperatures out, so it sure. did snow there in, in the bush of Alaska. Uh, in warmer weather conditions, it was a total of 15 days, and on that was that last hunt. Ted was successful on his moose hunt, and uh, we were 180 miles up, 150 miles that to go after that particular kill. Uh, so it was day in and day out, sun up to sundown, rowing uh, to get to the village. And uh, from that point, we flew it back to uh, Fairbanks and, and got it on the, uh, on the, in a cooler freezer. And was able to freeze the meat and get it back home, but uh, a lot of care goes in with that. You need to hang it. Uh, you need to care for it. You need to bag the clean the bags. You need to uh, take the bags off at night, spray them down with citric acid spray. So there's a quite a logistical uh, problem or meat care procedure that needs to to take place there to make that uh, meat last that long to get it sure, back. Sure, sure. And again, we mentioned that you guys are doing a lot of seminars and just to hit a couple of them. As I was looking at your website today, you know, self guided hunting, self guided hunting in Alaska. How to do that in field meat care, which we're just talking about, you know, intro to hunting, wild game processing. I mean, man, these are all really good topics that we all need to learn. <laughs> yeah. yeah, again, sharing that particular knowledge, and it was not be, it was it was basically out of trial and error. We've learned some ins and outs of being able to take care of game meat again, whether you're here uh, in the lower 48 or you're up in Alaska, uh, it, meat care is, is paramount. And, mm -hmm. and and there's a lot of things that we, we come across a lot of people uh, through the sports shows uh, wanting to know more information about hunting and, and uh, being able to conduct that, uh, the seminars, we were able to invite those folks in and, and and cover from A to Z. When we do the self-guided hunting Alaska seminar, uh, those particular seminars, we're going over how to find a unit from here, how to scout it from here, uh, go through the uh, Boone and Crockett books and find a, a unit that is producing currently or over the last five years. Uh, we pinpoint a unit, whether it's a draw unit and or over the counter, a person's able to go in and uh, hopefully either draw a tag or go over the counter and go hunting uh, that year. And, and uh, their odds are greatly uh, well, you have that opportunity to sure. shoot a, 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 either a big animal, a legal animal, but you're more likely to see animals. Right. Uh, not all animals, uh, there's not an animal be behind every tree out in Alaska. You know, you have to really yeah. study uh, the terrain and, and so on. So, yeah, it, it's, sure. it, they're very, very helpful. The seminars are very helpful in, in being able to accomplish a successful hunt. Are you guys yourself mostly rifle hunters or archery or a little bit uh, of both? We do or? a little bit of both. Yeah. Um, yeah. This past trip, uh, I I was trying to get a, a moose with a, with a bow, uh, but once we were about 14, 15 days in, it yeah, was Yeah, you're like, of, okay. All right, I'm not, I'm not going to try that anymore. So, I mean, I tried, but we couldn't get close enough to it, so it came down to me uh, using a rifle. I was fortunate enough this past year to harvest a, a moose this year. Wow. Uh, that's uh, quite, quite I, do not, I mean this with all respect. How old are you? I am. I just turned 24. And already got a nice moose. Yeah, life. Do you know so. many guys and people have lived their whole life and never had that opportunity? Uh, Man. Yeah, I was. I was 23 at the time, Good and enough. honestly, the I I learned it all from my dad. Yeah, so yeah. Hey, yeah. <laughs> the seminars must work, and I, sure. I, I, he knows what he's talking about. He. 
he takes guys out and uh, gets him a moose, obviously. Oh, and every right. time he goes out, he seems to get himself a moose, too. Yeah. But it's all about preparation. Oh, he man. He goes in yeah. there, and he spends hours on the computer scouting areas, and he spends months beforehand, actually, Sure. Uh, before we get there to figure out spots to hunt and such. Right. Well, get out and see them. Again, this is Hunting Gear Outfitters and Caribou Gear. They're at 8955 South Ridgeline Suite 1100 Saturday. Now, again, we are uh, doing this twice this week and um, uh, during our weekday show as well. But Saturday, they will be there from noon to 7 for an open house so you can get a chance to get by and see them. And, uh, again, this is home of Caribou Gear. And their phone number, if you want to call them, is 303-798-5824. And... Um, Real quick, let me give you just a brief directions here. Off of C-470, you go south to Highlands Ranch Parkway. You turn right at Highlands Ranch Parkway, and then another right off Ridgeline. And uh, they're just a quarter mile down on the left uh, in the middle of kind of a strip center there. And uh, you'll, you'll follow the crowds, I'm sure. It's going to be a great, great day. Now, Ted Jr., let's also talk about something that I think is very, very cool. Um, and we're not talking a small raft here, but you guys do some raft rentals. So yeah, yeah, take, take a minute and tell us about that. Uh, so the cool thing about um, Hunting Gear Outfitters, it gives us the ability to do a lot of things with it. So Caribou Gear is the manufacturer of the game bags, uh, but Hunting Gear Outfitter basically sells it, and we sell an array of different things, uh, such as raft rentals. We're able to rent out rafts. We do offer a 15-foot NRS raft and a 16-foot high side raft. Uh, with those, you're going to get your frame, or the frame, uh, oars, the captain's seat. I mean, all this great stuff, top-of-the-line gear that you're not necessarily going to get with any other rafting company. Uh, the price per day would be 225, and to add on another day would be 200. But you're just able to take a raft out. We're going to offer you the helmets, the PFDs. Four paddles, hand pump, all the gear you need, take That's it right. out. And uh, we, The reason we offer that, though, is for when we do our self-guided hunting Alaska seminars. Right. It gives these hunters that want to go to Alaska kind of an idea of what it's like to be able to set up a raft. And, sure. And, uh, a lot easier to doing it, doing it here for the first time yeah, than there, right? Exactly. Better here than yeah. there. No kidding. It's, yeah. a, it's a lot better being able to do it here than kind of having no clue when you're out in the Alaskan bush. So right. uh, it's... For anyone, though, hunters, non-hunters, yeah, come on yeah. by. You can rent a raft from us, no big deal. And uh, we think it's pretty great, and we're getting a lot of feedback on yeah. it, and it's turning out pretty Now, probably well. your circle of friends, they're in the outdoors and hunters and fishermen and all that kind of thing. But what do you see in your your kind of age group? I mean, because Ted Sr., I think we both agree, we got to keep this hunting thing going on. Right, you know? right, right. And, uh, and next generation Next generation. Up, yeah. So, sure. I, mean, I mean, what do you see in... in, in um, you know, your peers, I mean, how can we keep this really going in your age group and get them familiar with this? Uh, I mean, I, so I grew up, or I didn't, I grew up locally in Colorado. I did play some college ball out in Kansas and a lot of my friends that I played can like baseball with out in Kansas, they were big time hunters, uh, bird hunters. They love the outdoors. Uh, honestly, it's, I feel like it's still going strong. Yeah, I know a lot okay, of guys cool. that, I mean, they, die-hard guys. Um, I have a buddy of mine that's actually a photographer. He goes out all the time. He's taking, he's going fishing. He wants to get into hunting, but some of them just don't know how, and that's yeah. where we do offer these classes for all these people, uh, or whoever that wants to get out there and learn more about it, or uh, 
don't really understand the whole process of it. So it's really cool to be able to teach people, and I, I do have a lot of friends that know what they're talking about, but even when I talk to them about Alaska, they're like, wow, that's something that I never even knew. Or right. even now, hunters, not even my age, uh, guys I talk to at the gym or anyone, they didn't even realize that they can go to Alaska uh, without a guide. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's really cool to be able to inform them about that information as well. Right. And, you know, we were talking the other day at your shop, Ted, that, um, you know, um, uh, you're not an outfitter. We want to make that clear. Yes, not an outfitter. And everything. And if people are looking uh, to do some things, I mean, uh, you do have some things that you just recommend, hey, at least call them you know, and, and can help people if they are looking for a guided thing. But, I mean, how cool is it to go out and do your own thing with the knowledge that you can get? Sure. Self-guided hunting, I mean, it, 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 there's nothing like it. It's uh, to have a successful hunt, and whether you're not uh, successful on your particular hunt, not all is lost. Uh, Alaska particularly is a beautiful country. Beautiful country. Colorado's beautiful. I mean, I'm sitting here looking out the studio window. Man, what a view. Uh, it's it's uh, Alaska in itself. Folks just don't know how to get there. And, and again, yeah, we were able to teach folks uh, how to do that and how to do it successfully. Uh, the thing is, a lot of guys from out east, they don't even know how to hunt the Colorado Rockies, you know, right. type of equipment. Sure. Uh, they don't use uh, particular Sitka gear type uh, uh, gear in order to be warm, comfortable, and again successful. Uh, we teach their folks there how to elk call and, and so on, even moose calling. I mean, a lot of folks don't know where to start, or where to begin with uh, calling an animal. Gotcha, absolutely. Well, guys, we're looking forward to this, and uh, again, you are going to be hearing a lot from these gentlemen on our show. Uh, over the next year, actually, and so we're going to be doing some great things, talking about some great seminars. Get out and see them, Hunting Gear Outfitters, and once again, they're the home of Caribou Gear, 8955 South Ridgeline Boulevard, and once again, on Saturday, the 22nd, and uh, they're having their open house from noon to 7, and if you're hearing our re-airing on Sunday, I'm sorry you missed it, but get over there and see them. Let them know you heard about them. And I tell you what, if somebody comes in, I'll put you on the spot a little bit. If somebody comes in, they, they hear it on Sunday, and they missed our event on Saturday, and they come in and mention the show, you'll still give them the few little discounts that you're doing? I'll, I'll tell you what, yeah, we'll extend a, a discount now. Uh, just mention that you heard us here, and uh, we'll go ahead and extend that Saturday discount for them. Okay. Uh, we do have a one-day special, which is very unique. We usually don't have discounts uh, sure. follow through. Uh, any time of the year, we'll have one or two sales. Right. Uh, so, yeah, it's a special day for sales there for us. Okay, so just for next week, they're going to extend this for us, but you got to mention you heard them on Sportsman of Colorado. So, gentlemen, thank you very much, and we look forward to yeah, working with that you. That was great. All right, it's going to be fun. And uh, thank you for joining us today for Sportsman of Colorado. We want to thank all of our guests for being with us. And most of all, thank you for listening now as well. Hope everyone has a great, great weekend. And we'll talk to you next week. expressed on KLZ 560 are those of the speaker, commentators, hosts, their guests, and callers. They are not necessarily the views and opinions of Crawford Broadcasting or KLZ Management, employees, associates, or advertisers. KLZ 560 is a Crawford Broadcasting God and Country station.